this morning I was immensely hungover. Why were you so hungover, JP? Because I was celebrating the first victory <laughs> at the Memorial Coliseum in over 60 years. Hell yeah. Bye, the Oregon State Beavers. What's up? Thank you for tuning in to this 16th episode of the Belligerent Beeves podcast. We are the Belligerent Beeves, a.k.a. the Bebeys. Uh, This is our 16th episode, the Joe Montana episode. Shout out to Joe Montana. We are recording this moments after a devastating loss by the San Francisco 49ers to the hated Green Bay Packers, a.k.a. that fucking team from that fucking town in Wisconsin. Uh, this, you know, stung for all of us, even though uh, I had a, a decent uh, NFL Sunday for the first time in what feels like forever. But we are not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about a history-making win for the Oregon State football team. And we're apparently here to eat wings as well as we age is just <laughs> pounding on some buffalo wings. Right They're as so we good. Recorded. Where, what wings are you? Where are those wings from? Safeway. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Safeway, sponsor the pod. We're a wings Safeway. pod now. <laughs> Safeway, Safeway wings, sponsor the pod. Here's the thing. <laughs> if if you get if you get the buffalo wings from Safeway, if you toss them in the oven and broil them for like 10 minutes, they're amazing. They yeah. suck if you if you don't. This is a hell of a life hack. Yeah, it is a life hack. Look at the uh, char I on them. I, I can see that. I, I love that you were concerned about your audio as we were getting set up and you spent time looking for your headphones and did all of this stuff. And then we just started recording and then you pull out like the loudest, nibbliest <laughs> food that you possibly could. <laughs> Didn't even mute your mic, just started smacking on some wings. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's our, that is our, aesthetic i love that i love that so much uh you're wearing a george kittle jersey jp is wearing a kaepernick jersey again sorry to the niners fuck just can before we even talk about oregon state and positive stuff this is gonna be a very optimistic episode we are all still beaming i can tell but before we get into that can we just say fuck the green bay packers sure mm-hmm. fuck the green yeah. bay packers oh you want us to actually say that well, you you can, but I, I I wanted to give you guys both a minute or two to just air any grievances against that fucking team if you wanted to. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers won a road game on on Sunday Night Football, and he looked st- he still looked mad. So I, you know, we have better lives than him, obviously. Because so if I won a road game on Monday Night Football, I would be a ast- I would be like running through the stadium. I'd be so happy. But he just had a smug look on his. 40 year old face that looks like a 60 year old face. <laughs> His hair sucks. He kind of looks like he could be G Easy's drunk uncle. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. The, the, what does Aaron Rodgers look like memes have been going around the internet because it's just like crazy divorced guy energy with that horrible man bun. I know about that. <laughs> with the horrible man bud yeah you're right you didn't right after hey, the thick of hey, that one hey be easier on yourself betty you never had a you didn't have a horrible man bun post-divorce did you well i mean i am hair right now yeah my hair is a bit of a mess right now are you putting your hair it in always looks bun? so bad and it looks really bad on the webcam for some reason i could see at least one <laughs> eyebrow tonight if that helps i can see. yeah you know what hold on it's the lighting dude it's not no don't worry about it <laughs> 
Now I just have as, a black screen. As you have said before, this is a podcast <laughs> for your ears, not for your eyes. So don't worry True. about your eyebrows. We both know that you have eyebrows. Uh, you have you have two two very nice eyebrows, <laughs> and <laughs> reassuring reassuring the listeners. <laughs> yeah, listeners, I guarantee you, Benny has two two eyebrows, and <laughs> I'm not paying Terry that much to say this. Just a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. Not paying me anything at all, actually. But we're not here to talk about Benny's eyebrows, whether they exist or they don't. Uh, we are going to talk about our beers, but all, we can just... We, we're recording this on Sunday, September 26th, a day after Oregon State beat the USC motherfucking Trojans in the LA Coliseum for the first time in 61 years, for the first time since Eisenhower was president, for the first time since a bunch of other shit happened that we listed on a previous episode. It was a wild game. It lasted until about 1.30, 1.45 a.m. Central time, and I could not go to sleep for a while after that. We're recording this about 22 hours later. I'm still very tired, but hell yeah. Just initial thoughts, you guys. How stoked are you? What kind of high are you riding? What was last night like for each of you? For me, it wasn't the fact that we broke the streak or that we won a game that we were double-digit underdogs in, or even the fact that I won money betting on <laughs> yes. the fact that we were double-digit Thank you underdogs. for not taking my advice on that. Yeah, it was the way that we won. We fucking shoved it down their throats. They knew the run was coming. BJ Baylor still just fucking had his dick slanging, throwing defenders <laughs> off of them. It was it was unbelievable. And and like not just BJ Baylor, but like the defense was swarming. They were hitting hard. Our quarterback was hitting harder than any of their defenders. Like, and and so for me, that just got me so amped up. It shows that this team is bought into whatever Jonathan Smith is pitching to them uh, uh, off the field. Um, and, and and they care, man. Like, it's been a long time since we've had a Beaver team that goes in there and just, like, they win the game. But more importantly, they just kick the other team's ass. And that's what we saw last night. Right. JP, what about you? Yeah, this is like a total monkey off the back moment. I mean, really, the game was obviously so fun to watch. I mean, we I can't even count in our on our group chat how many times we said to each other, dude, this is so fucking fun. This is so fun. But like, it really was. USC scores and they march back downfield. It's 7-7. I'm thinking this is going to be just an absolute shootout. And then like, I, I was still certain we were going to pull through. But I was like, this is going to come down to like what I said. It's going to be like a 34-31 outcome or some sort of like decisive field goal is going to win the game. And then we just started kind of pulling away and pulling away. And they kind of made it interesting in the end. But like by that point, we were already in our minds celebrating. I know we didn't. We were we were not wanting to because we just knew that we could beef it up pretty good. But like. I put my phone in the other room and refused to look at it. <laughs> I, I we knew. Text or tweet. I was, I know we didn't know at this, at this point it was 42 to 17, right? No, that's 40, a, that's what yeah. the score was at the beginning of the, they, ma- they made it 42, 27 at a point, And I was like, Oh no. Yeah. But right. then, uh, we we made stops, but still it was it was never even it was never as close as I felt like it was midway through the fourth quarter. Well, when I say this yeah. last week, I said if we're if we're tied or just barely in the lead going into halftime, that we were gonna come out and just dominate the second half because their interim coach 
had no answer to Jonathan Smith and crew and the stuff they were scheming up offensively. There was literally no stopping them. And I knew that was gonna be the case. And we went into half with the lead. I was like, it's over. The one thing though, that I think the bigger than this game, I don't want to take a too big picture, but like this is massive for the program. Right. It's not like we beat number one USC at home after with the 61 year curse behind us. They're not that kind of team right now, but we are back in the conversation again. And I think that is the massive part of this win. It isn't that we just started off conference play with the win, but like we, we beat USC on primetime TV in the Coliseum and we're getting pat. We're getting top 25 votes. We're getting people saying that we're the team to look out for in the Pac-12 North. I mean, like recruits see this stuff. Yeah, and if do. you're sitting, if you're sitting on the fence right now, and you really loved Oregon State, but you thought we were the doormat of the conference, this doormat is proving no more. that we are going in the opposite direction. We are the doorknob. <laughs> is is that better? Is it better to be a doorknob than a doormat? <laughs> yeah, because then people are touching you and not stomping on you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That yeah. I, I feel. Uh, what's I feel, a better What's a better euphemism than a, a doormat? But it's, a, it's a, related to a door. The door frame. I don't know. I feel <laughs> very weird about where this just went from a language standpoint. But that <laughs> isn't the point here. Uh, we played amazing. Um, it does remind me of you know sort of the olden days. I remember my freshman year after. Uh, that win against USC when they were number three. And I was at a party after the game and the timeless classic Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio came on. And when it got to the chorus, uh, just without even thinking about it, I sang along and changed the words a little bit to tell me why are we so blind to see that the ones we hurt are USC. JP, please play five seconds of Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. <laughs> Coolio. S U fight B E A B E R S. Hell yeah, you guys. I am so excited. We're going to get into this, uh, breaking down this win more and all of the good stuff. But uh, this is not just a podcast about uh, Oregon State football or Oregon State sports or friendship. It's also a podcast about beer and having beers with each other. So, uh, Benny, I can see you are enjoying some quality Safeway Buffalo wings on the call tonight. Uh, what uh, delicious suds are accompanying your uh, your dinner of uh, grocery store Buffalo wings with you? I'm drinking an American lager by Rogue Brewing. Nice. It's called it's called Dreamland. And nice. and you may think that I picked it out because we were in a dreamland last night, mm-hmm. but I picked it out because I think that last night was uh, sort of a, a sign of things to come. And I feel like we're going to be go. living in a dreamland yes. for uh, for the rest of the football season. I fucking love Rogue Brewing Company. Me too. Do, do you remember JP? I don't think you were there, but there was one like random February day where it was like just 70 degrees. So Benny, I think it was me, you Skinzy, and Melissa who just drove to Newport and we just went to the rogue brewery, like right away, just like get a beer and then do the other Newport coasty things. And 
the bartender there was so cool that whenever we ordered, you know, a flight, he gave us like a free one of stuff that they weren't even necessarily selling at that point. He was like, yeah, this is just some shit the guys are working on in the back. We might not ever even sell this. So we ended up getting super turned at the Rogue Brewing Company. And I think, I think uh, Melissa, shout out to MZ, had to stop drinking so that she could drive us home. That's right. We were, we were trying to, we were like intending to just have like a nice, uh, you know, the first Beach nice day. day of spring day on the coast. Um, and we ended up just getting super faded at the Rogue Tap Room, which I, maybe it's changed since then, but it was a small tap room. It, it was really small. Overlooking the water. Beautiful, beautiful view. I love that place. Yeah. I almost got dead guy ale uh, in remembrance of the USC defender that got absolutely fucking trucked by Chance Nolan. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine what the defensive <laughs> film room is going to be like on Monday where they're like, bro, dude, that was their quarterback. What right. the fuck are you doing? <laughs> nice. Just got leveled. Amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Rogue Brewing. Shout out. Shout out to you, Rogue. Thank you so much. Great stuff. Uh, JP, looks like you're drinking something, uh, you know, savory and delicious over there. Uh, what, what do you have this evening? Oh, always. It's a double IPA again. It is a mango. Somebody sip me. <laughs> so oh good. my god can we explain this in full i don't think we should <laughs> it's so good oh my god. how do you find these <laughs> this one i actually had and i was saving it for a good moment oh uh, so somebody somebody we have to me. explain it we yeah. have to explain it uh, can we explain it? I, I can't. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know that we are able to. Someone else explain it. I don't know how we explain this. So there's a wonderful show. Is it FX or FXX with Lil Dicky called Dave, and it's like a satirical look at his own life. And as his, he was trying to rise to prominence and go viral as a uh, rap artist. He went to like the local university's library, dressed up like uh, the mask. Like Jim Carrey's The Mask. I thought it was Dick Tracy, but maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it it's was. You know, it's the same kind of style. Yeah. It's a reference yeah. to and The then, Mask. It's a reference to The Mask. Yeah. And uh, instead of somebody stop me, it was just what uh, Jim Carrey said in the legendary Mask movie. He said, somebody suck me. <laughs> <laughs> and no one cared. So they made him do it again and a few more times after that. Uh, and then he actually did in the TV show go viral for that moment. Um, and he became forever known as the somebody suck me guy. So our uh, good friend of the pod, Aaron Stevens, loves, <laughs> loves that moment of TV glory. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> constantly shares a meme in our group thread of that moment uh and including last night and this morning so i felt it only fitting to whip out the mangoes somebody sit me but here's what's here's what's crazy you know what the brewery's called what turning point brewery oh my god Ooh. yeah wow there's omens in there yeah, exactly. Whatever simulation we're living in now, it's all on our side. Where is Turning Point Brewery located? Bedford, Texas. So oh. not related, but uh, is, we put the frozen Bedford, in the bed. Is that where Quiz is from? I don't think so. Bedford? No. Maybe. I was really hoping that it was from Los Angeles, California, but <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. 
but somebody suck me sort of became our thing last night. Anytime the beef it was made a shared, play, someone would dozens, share that that meme or that quote, even in like situations where it didn't apply, which was most of them. <laughs> <laughs> right, friends. Our group chat went insane last night. Like I, even like looking back at our, our social media shares, like this morning from last night, like we were so <laughs> excited. The shit that we texted, the shit that I even like, I texted my group chats of like non-Oregon State friends. Uh, yeah, you would have thought we were <laughs> winning the national championship, uh, which which we weren't, but we were kind, we kind of were. So it was obviously su- super fun, and yes, that is a uh, a moment of TV glory that uh, definitely uh, paved the way. So JP, I'm I'm sh- I think I'm guessing you probably identified this as an opportunity for you, like in the second quarter, if we had exactly. one, then you just yeah. wanted us to hang on so you could <laughs> debut your somebody sit me double IPA <laughs> on episode 16 of the belligerent bees, which is what this podcast episode is. Um, I am drinking. I don't have one very specific uh, for the win last night, but you know, like any, uh, like any good podcast, we know, we need to be uh we need to be about our business, but we also need to have a good time. And you know that it's it's sort of like a mullet, the hairstyle, which we hage sort of. I know, dude. I know it looks like it. You're you're, you're <laughs> you have like. Are you a agree hat. with him or are you disagreeing? I'm really. just saying in it's, this angle of my weird <laughs> webcam, it's like it a fake like mullet, mullet that's trying, but you know it's a a bit you. <laughs> Business in the front and party in the back. So from, it's just party uh, all over the place. I'm drinking a delicious IPA from Lukulin Brewing Company, uh, which is just outside of the Twin Cities in Big Lake, Minnesota, a tap room and brew that I love. And it's called Fashion Mullet. And it's one of my favorite cans ever. That's Look cool. at this guy. Look how beautiful this is. That is their logo. It is his soul patch. This whole can nice. is basically one guy in a Whoa. giant mullet. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful can. Uh, they make koozies like this as well. And it's just a very delicious IPA, uh, shout out to my guy, Caleb Truax, a world champion boxer from here, who is, uh, uh, sponsored by Lupulin Brewing Company and one time got me free beers in the tap room. And that was cool to be drinking beers with a world champion. So Shout out Lupulin, shout out Fashion Mullet. And uh, yeah, it's I'm enjoying it right now, even though I would probably rather be sleeping right now. Uh, the only thing I'd rather be doing besides sleeping is drinking a delicious beer like this with you guys. So, Benny, you used to have a soul patch, but it was like it grew extra wide. Dude, it was almost like it was almost like you had a mustache on the bottom lip. You yeah. for sure had a soul patch the first time I met you. And then you talked to me about Tiesto for three hours. I can't believe we remained <laughs> friends. <laughs> I think I feel like, have you guys ever heard the rumors of, uh, of Paul McCartney dying and then like a lookalike coming into his place because it would have been so devastating for, oh, you yeah. haven't heard that? No, that yeah, rumor? no. Yeah. I have not yeah. actually. If I wasn't me, I would feel like that happened to me because I, that was a different person, <laughs> Terry. <laughs> That was <laughs> such a different person. It's okay. <laughs> no, you're still the same. Like, you, you've just grown. I like your soul patch, Benny. And <laughs> yeah. thanks. And, and it wasn't a soul patch. patch. It was an upside down mustache. <laughs> it was. Yeah. You just grew. I was. See, I was looking at a picture just the other day, and I was like, "Whoa, what was that?" <laughs> you know, it, it was what it was. Why did my friends I, let me have that? 
I told you it was an upside down mustache. I think I put on Facebook. Here's Benny with his upside down mustache. <laughs> yeah, no, you're still you. The you we always know and love. You just, you know, grown a little bit to love some interest. Uh, you've purchased another pair of pants since then, which is exciting and uh, good for you. Yeah, and not exactly. stealing all your clothes either. You're not. <laughs> um, yeah, good times. Well, honestly, great beers, great selections, and what a great night last night was so let's just you know just the general cheers cheers to the beeves uh, cheers chop them you can't spell chop them without hope cheers to you guys slancha lahayam etc you can't spell beavers without beers and you can't spell beavers without beers you can't no can't spell terry without i'm tired as fuck <laughs> <laughs> i've been pretty tired the last few episodes we recorded but i promised i would bring it and i'm bringing it hard and i'm ready to get into the nitty-gritty of this uh once again that is a uh, final score from los angeles last night your oregon state beavers 45 usc trojans 27 guys i put this in the notes this is for sure the biggest win uh in the jonathan era of Oregon State football. We talked about this a little bit, but uh, JP, just one thing that, you know, immediately comes to mind after watching the game from last night, reflecting on it a little bit, what do you think was sort of your main takeaway of what we saw uh, unfold at the Coliseum? I think that the offensive creativity surprised me on multiple, throughout multiple drives where it was very clear that Lindgren and Smith were just totally outsmarting the defensive um, coaching carousel at, uh, at USC. And the fact that we were pulling off some of these plays that looked like you would save it for like a last ditch effort kind of play, like on second down, it was just like second and eight. And we would run some wild play and be like, how is that guy so open? Or how is that hole so big? And it just kept happening. And I think that bodes very, very well for the rest of the season, which is one of the big things I, I, I liked about the game. Also, on the flip side, the defense looked good. Um, I, I would definitely say that if you had to pick which side of the ball was insanely dominant compared to the other, the offense was that team. But the defense was still bend, don't break. And um, they, I mean, they made it a game regardless of what we did on offense. Like, the, it was... It was a winnable game because of the defense, but the offense just blew it open. And I thought that that was like a really cool takeaway uh, heading into this next weekend and onward. Yeah, definitely. Um, for sure. I like that you mentioned creativity. One of the winners that I have listed in my notes here is a winner from last night is Mike Riley because the Beavers ran the fly sweep like 17 times. It felt like, and I love <laughs> another takeaway. I had a non-Oregon state related one is I think Petros Papadakis is actually a pretty good color guy for uh TV. Now I think that guy's gotten sort of shit on in the past. And I overall wasn't too impressed with uh, Fox's broadcasting of the game last night. Also, it was weird that, we had commercial breaks and then not commercial breaks. And then something happened. The game seemed to take five hours. I don't know, but I thought Petros was really good. And he mentioned it. He mentioned James Rogers, like at least three times because of how often we're running end arounds and fly sweeps. Um, but the only other thing I'll add to that JP is that, uh, you know, nine different guys carried the ball, which is crazy. Yeah. That's a wild stat. Uh, 
not necessarily everyone doing it super effectively, but just that nine different ball carriers touch the ball in the Oregon state ground game just sort of shows the depth of the offense and the variety of ways in which we're trying to get people involved. But, you know, on that same sort of idea, Benny, what was sort of the first thing that, you know, you took away from uh, the performance last night and uh, what have you been, you know, sitting with today now that we've, you know, had, uh, had some hours separated from the uh, euphoric finish in LA. Yeah, I think that JP brings up a good point about the creativity. I think, um, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is all of the playmakers that we have at the wide receiver position. Um, And and we've said probably in some way, shape or form on every episode, like, how are you going to get them all the ball? And, And we didn't get them all the ball, but we sure as hell tried. Um, and we tried it in multiple different ways and we had USC guessing. Um, and, and so that was, that was a, certainly a big takeaway for me, but I would say my biggest takeaway was just like, and I mentioned it in, in sort of the opening, but like how hard we were hitting and just like, it, it was, we went down there and we showed absolutely no fear. Um, and, and I think a, a, a couple of things sort of paint a larger picture. Number one the referee, at least in the first quarter was atrocious and atrocious, oh, yeah. a- atrocious in favor of USC. I mean, there, we had what three straight, um, uh, PI penalties on and granted Austin had, um, a rough, a, night. A rough game. He had <laughs> a, a rough, rough night. night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but the, the officiating was so, so bad and, um, and playing on the road with that happening, that's really tough to, to have your composure remain confident in, in the fact that you're going to win this game. Um, and, and I think I tweeted out at the end of the first quarter, it was when it was 10 to seven, but essentially and, and USC had just scored 14 to uh, seven, well, 14 to seven. Yeah. yeah. It was when USC just scored, but it was like, I still feel, I feel like Oregon State's going to pull this out because yeah. all of the, everything bad that could happen to you was happening to Oregon state, but they were still really resilient. Um, and I think Oregon state teams of the past uh, probably would have folded under pressure and we would have seen sort of a USC route in that game. Um, but that's what stood out to me was that and the, and the heart that the team had, it's like everyone on the team trusted each other and they trusted in the game plan that they went into the Coliseum with. Um, and, and that's why I'm so confident going forward in the season, to be honest. Yeah. yeah I mean, you brought up such a good point though, about the penalties. Cause like, I honestly like forgot about how bad, how poorly uh, ref that first half was, especially the first quarter. And it was like, our team had an excuse to lose. We yeah. could have, and teams in the past, like you said, they probably would have fallen back on that and been like, we got totally screwed by the refs. And that's why we lost. And yep. like we had no chance. So we were not going to fight for this. And like, they didn't though. And that's what it was like. It, it was an afterthought afterwards. I totally thought at the end of that first quarter, I was going to be just ripping the refs to anyone that would listen to me for like the next mm-hmm. week. And I just forgot about it. Like I did, yeah. like, it, did, it didn't even matter at all. And so it's, yeah, definitely a testament to the team um, and their mental fortitude. And that was, I mean, that was really poorly called, but it's almost like when they came out from half, we got a few calls our way too. And I think that we did for sure. Somebody got in their ear and was like, Dude, what the <laughs> hell? you guys are calling a shitty game. <clears throat> yeah. I think, like I said earlier, this was easily the biggest win for Jonathan Smith uh, since he's been the head coach of the team. I, I think that is, is easy. And uh, you know, bar none, like I haven't been as impressed with, 
an Oregon state victory since he took over the team in 2018. And what makes it sets it apart from other just sort of, you know, flagship wins that we've had in the past, you know, like let's take the 06 and 08 USC wins, for example, I know it's different. This is a totally different USC team. They're not competing for national championships or anything, but I think what you could see in those two wins in particular, that when Oregon state was sort of pulling off a lot of upsets and uh, big wins, there were, it was pretty formulaic under Riley, right? It was come out swinging, build a big lead, hang on for dear fucking life. And mm-hmm. it, it didn't always work, but it worked in those two instances. And it worked in, in a couple others as well, where it was sort of, you know, the, the season would always start with a couple, you know, getting hit, a punch in the mouth, then recovering, putting some good wins together. And then when you played the heavyweights like USC, playing really well, coming out with a lot of momentum, having your shit figured out, and then just sort of hanging on for dear life after putting up a big lead. It is remarkable how much shit went wrong in this game. The pe- the penalty we've mentioned and some of the other calls too. Uh, Rajon Wright should have had two interceptions. His yeah. interception in the second half was absolutely a pick. I couldn't believe yeah. that they didn't reverse that call. I believe it was called incomplete on the field. And, you know, but it was very obvious that it was obvious. It needs to be indisputable evidence. It was his arm was clearly under the ball. I couldn't believe. And the next play, the next fucking play, Avery Roberts makes a perfect pass rush uh, on Slovis, gets the ball loose and we recover the ball. There was, you know, BJ Baylor has, as much reason yeah. to be mad about anyone. He had uh, another hundred yard game and probably had another hundred yards called back. He had a touchdown run that was called back because of a holding that was not really a holding and chance hits Tajon for a touchdown on the very next play. Mm-hmm. There so much went wrong in this game. And, you know, like you said, we hedge, we gave up the lead. We came back. It looked like it might be back and forth for a while. They overcame a ton and didn't play a perfect game and still, Still one in super convincing fashion, which is not an Oregon State win I'm used to seeing. I couldn't really think of a win from the Riley era when the team was winning eight, nine, ten games a year that was similar to this. Well, I feel like in the Riley era too, we also played up and played down to our opponents, and that, and we are not doing that this year. Like we came in and we blew the doors off of uh, Hawaii was closer than what the game actually was. The final score was closer than what the the game actually looked like. But, and then we went and blew the doors off of Idaho. Um, and, and so the USC game, it felt like it, it wasn't just, we were playing up to our opponent. Uh, we're just that good. That's what it felt like to me. And that's yeah. why it felt different than Riley's, uh, the Riley era to me. Before we get into like the specifics of the game, I want to make a couple shout outs. So first we should shout out listener Gavin for being now two and O in his chop shirt. Yeah, so, Gavin. Thank you, Gavin, for the support. Keep rocking the shirt because it works, clearly. Uh, The other one is, I don't know if you guys saw this, but we got a reply from a friend and listener, Eric, who wrote in and said, uh, I think we really need answers from Benny. I think I laughed out loud when he had the take preseason of winning this football game. What did he see during fall camp that tipped him off? 
That's what question one. <laughs> do you want to answer these in line or do you want to hear the hear them all? Yeah. Ben, please give us the scouting report from fall camp. Yeah. All yeah. Okay. So what line. what did you see during fall camp that tipped you off that this is a win? Oh, what is what is the world coming to? I was just so fucking sick and tired of watching losing beaver football that I had built this false reality for us to live in for 30 minutes. And um, <laughs> I'm very glad it's coming true. I'll be, it won't be undefeated, but like um, the, the, the football team is surprising the heck out of me in a very good way. Good answer. Does Benny have an insider? <laughs> Dude, I haven't been to a home beaver game since I was a student and I'm 35 years old. That's changing next week. That's changing next week, but no, far from an insider. You're as outside as it comes. I, Betty, I, I, Betty is I'm, known in his other career by the name Adam Schefter. That's who Betty <laughs> is. He uses a, a voice adjusting tool so we, that we don't give away his identity. But yeah, you caught us, Eric. Betty is Shefty. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he closes his tweet with, would love for him to give the people some answers on the pod. So I think you've done that. Thank you very much, Benny. If you have wow. anything additional to add as to how you knew, well, wait a minute. You knew, but then you went back and I called you out last week for going back against your prediction. You and did. Terry came to your defense like a wimp. He's like, but, he, could, he could change whatever. It's week to week. Bullshit. Hey, it's hey. a week to week segment. Hey, I have Twitter evidence that showed. I, so I woke up Saturday and I said, I'm going against. So I flip flopped again. And I, I predicted a beaver win way before the so game started. How, how many flip flops was this? <laughs> it was uh, three, two, three. <laughs> three. Nice, a, like a gymnast. Well, then you bet yeah. money on it. Like <laughs> betting, that's pretty much the only prediction. Then once you actually put money on it, we weren't putting money on it when we were talking shit. And then your girlfriend goes to Vegas. Shout out Yuri, by the way, <laughs> for, yeah. for placing the bet for you. And you put a hundred bucks on Oregon State to win. So what's fun? So I have a funny story about that actually. Um, and, 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 and and granted, like. I think what this goes to show is I live life in the motherfucking moment. <laughs> like, <laughs> Shocker. But, but, yeah. but, but so Yuri was telling me last night as we were watching the game, she, and she uh, was down in Vegas working the, uh, the vision expo and was like super fucking tired last night watching the game. She's like, yeah, like when I went to go place the bet, I had it and I had the ticket and there's some girl that I work with that saw the ticket and she was like, why would you bet on Oregon state? Or why would you bet on that? And Yuri's like, cause like she didn't have an answer. So she just goes, cause, and she's like, this makes me so, so happy that that girl sitting over there probably thinking that I'm a fucking genius for making that pick. But it is amazing <laughs> that people were just dogging on the pick and, um, and they pulled it out. So that made they, me happy. They sure did. I also, while we're doing shout outs, I need to give a shout out to a follower of the pod, Colin McManamus on uh, Instagram who sent us a picture of his enamel mug, which you can buy uh, on the merch store at belligerentbees.com along with your Chopham shirts. Uh, he sent a picture of it with the caption, USC doesn't deserve good whiskey. They get fucking box wine. Chop them. Go Beeves. 
<laughs> it's just it's filled to the brim with what looks like a cabernet yes. of some kind and we we spotted back hashtag chop them and with so much uh you know like later in the game he goes looking good let's go may have to get some whiskey in there after all and he mentions benny too benny's becoming the most famous person on this podcast he goes benny <laughs> prediction coming close <laughs> benny, <laughs> the only one of the three of us who uh predicted this win for the beavers on our preview show and you bet money on it you predicted a 15 and no national championship season what was the final and score that i i predicted i 40, feel like 42 I, to 14 was what you predicted for almost every game, every game. <laughs> 42 to 14 it was 42 to 17 for a while yeah <laughs> that's funny so thank you again colin thank you gavin thank you eric uh, everyone and uh, if you want to please head to uh, belligerentbees.com hit up the merch store it uh, helps us produce the pod and uh, keep this thing going uh, the Chopham shirts are, you know, very popular and they might be helping us win. We can't prove that they're not. So if you're a good Beaver fan and you want us to run the table and possibly get in the college football playoff and pop possibly make Benny's prediction of a national championship come true and bring that beautiful trophy back mm. to Reeser and have a party in the streets and sing O State ballas all night long. F- saying fuck the ducks and shit in the streets of Corvallis, eating local boys, not giving a fuck. Buy a chop oh. shirt. AKA oh. heaven. <laughs> AKA the Paris of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> the Harvard of the Pac-12. Uh, hit up belligerentbeeves.com. Thank you guys so much for the support and for reaching out to us on social media. It was a fun night on social media. Like, just seeing sort of, you know, the tweets blow up, not even just, you know, ours were getting more likes and more engagement. You could tell that Beaver Nation was uh, paying attention and in tune and excited. Uh, but every Oregon State account was kind of like that. And people were going crazy. Like it was just, you know, it's not, you can't really recreate atmosphere like the, uh, like in the stadium or anything like that, or the past big victories that we've had, you know, around 10 ish years ago. But, there is a level of engagement happening on social media right now that we haven't seen since the Brandon Cooks years, at least. And that is, that's fun to see and recruit see that too. So last night was big for that. Yeah, it was a fun time on social media. I was following some of these replies, um, even looking back at them now. Uh, there's definitely some good ones. Um, if you can go through our, go through our Twitter feed and just click on any of the uh, belligerent tweets that were coming from our account during the course of, you know, 7.30 p.m. to 11 p.m. Pacific. Um, Thank you guys for engaging with us. But also, yeah, the chatter was blowing up my entire timeline about the beeves, and it was really good to see that. And I'm happy to see people enthused about the team. And so maybe you (laughs) should all join us at the Washington game. Benny, I'll see you there. You guys are both. JP, you're going for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I I woke up to a text in our group chat that from JP saying Terry, twelve people are happy that you're dead. That's <laughs> <laughs> like what happened. I was so delirious and so drunk and so tired, but I'm like, all right, that's pretty good. So yeah, please, it, <laughs> twelve. It, yeah, it's better than I thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's twelve more people than I thought was gonna come to my funeral. Uh, <laughs> That'll have me, my livelihood will be put into question 
basically twice a weekend for the rest of the football season. So I'm sure that won't be the last Terry's dead tweet shared. It's up to uh, 17 now. Up to Oh, thank you. All 17 yeah. of you. I, I need to send them a sticker <laughs> or so I'll send them, you know, a, a personal thank you note or something from me personally. Thank you all for caring about my livelihood slash. One of them's your boy, Joe maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joe. Joe's been trying to kill me for years. <laughs> Joe's going to be mad after next weekend. This is a perfect segue because you guys are going to the Washington game. We'll see if I fly in last minute. Flights <laughs> flights have been cheap as shit <laughs> recently, you guys. I probably won't do it. I'm, I am I can't. It's just been too much travel. I wanted to just sleep in my own bed, but maybe I will. <laughs> so Joe, Joe and I, this basically started in 2014 or so. And for our listeners, we should mention that Joe went to the University of Washington. Joe went to the yeah. University of Washington, visited us a lot in Corvallis. We went up to Seattle. Uh, Joe grew up with me in Minneapolis. We are now both back living in Minneapolis, uh, but just bonded in college over the geography that we shared convenient place to visit each other and get hammed and mutual hatred of the Oregon ducks. So it really brought us a lot closer. And in around 2014, we were both back living in Minneapolis and we wanted to sort of put a annual wager on the Oregon state Washington game. No, it's more than just money and kind of fun. So we decided that after that game each year, we would go to this great uh, old timey, nice steakhouse in downtown Minneapolis called Murray's that we both love. And the loser would have to pay for all the food and the winner would pay for the drinks. So not super high stakes, but just sort of, you know, an acknowledgement of whoever won the bet or whatever. Since we in, put this bet annually into practice. Washington has won every single time <laughs> to Joe's credit. He's a generous guy. This is a bar that or a steakhouse that has $25 Manhattans. So one year we got there and Joe ordered us a round of those to start. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I, I, I think the winner is going to spend more money tonight than the loser. Uh, but I've just dreamt about getting to go to Murray's with Joe and pay for the drinks as opposed to paying for the food. And I think now I finally have a chance to do that. So I might finally win the Murray Steakhouse bet with Joe maybe this Saturday at Reeser against Washington. You guys are going to the game. We'll talk more, I think, about uh, some of the details of this USC game. But marching on forward, we got the dogs. They're coming off an overtime win against Cal. How do you guys feel about this Saturday? Uh, I, I feel really, really good. Um, I, I feel good because of what we saw at USC and what we were talking about with like Oregon state, not playing up or down to their opponent. I'm really confident that Jonathan Smith is going to have this team ready. Um, and that they are going to be amped to play. What's crazy to me is this, and, and I wanted to bring this up in sort of a larger sense. So maybe we, we can dig into it a, a little bit later, but, um, Washington opened up as a four point favorite, um, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, they, I mean, they, they, Michigan's not a great team this year and they got rocked by Michigan. Let's also not forget that they lost at home to an FCS team. Um, and, and so you see them being favored in Vegas. So the people that should know what they're talking about when it comes to, 
Oregon State seemed to not. And and that point spread has actually come down to, I think it's at one one five now. So two wow. or one five. Yeah. It's it's two point five when I'm looking at right here. Yeah. The betters are looking at this and going, okay, well, they made a mistake. Yeah. But also, <laughs> like if you if I don't know if you guys caught this on on the post game, but they had um the uh Michael Bumpus and and one of the other guys on on Pac 12 Network did their updated um, pack 12. No, oh, yeah. And yeah. both of them had Oregon state as fifth in the North yeah. fifth in the North Yeah, and Washington was a uh, number two for both of them. And, and so the it's USC like, game? Yeah, after the USC today. game, after the USC game, okay. we were okay, behind Michael Bumpus. We are behind. And my, I reached out to Michael Bumpus and I said, as a Beaver fan, how, and he reached back out <laughs> and he said, well, that was the the timing of it was a little weird. I'd probably have OSU at at four, maybe three. And I'm like, who who is uh, like who are we under? Because Cal's only beat Sacramento State. Washington has lost to an FCS team. Washington State is run by a complete fucking idiot and uh, <laughs> looks terrible. Like, who are you? I get Stanford beat USC too, and Oregon is Oregon, but like, the fuck are you talking about? And so that's why, to me, this season feels so special. It feels like it's us against the world. Like, the people who should be having our backs, like, Pac-12 should be embracing this. And yeah. it seems like they're not. Vegas is still doesn't trust us. Um, and, and it the feels Pac-12 like- The Pac-12 can't embrace this. They can't. The yeah. network has so much to lose if a marquee team like SC, UCLA, Oregon- isn't at the top of the conference. They have yep. so much to lose. But that if doesn't Oregon explain State, putting us fifth behind like Cal and Wazoo in power. Range. Well, that's just, well, yeah. Wazoo I mean, is, yeah. I don't know Bumpus is a Wazoo guy, but still it's ridiculous. It's just like poor prep. It's just poor prep. I mean, honestly, let's just, we should whip out the, the not 12 shirts. I mean, like, Right. We also understand that the people on Pac-12 network programming don't do any preparation. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah or production meetings. They don't. <laughs> yeah. Very obviously. They, but so like, that's also why I think that this, like this team, it's the, you can tell that they feel that they feel like it's like, yeah. fuck everyone else. We're going to make you pay attention to us. Like, yeah. fuck you Pac-12. You keep putting us on these like, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. starts. We're gonna make you put us in the prime spot, which is amazing. It's t- it's ten it's 10 p.m. for your boy, but yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, you want to put us on the spot where no one on the East Coast is watching us? Fine, like we'll make you put us on the prime time spot, and that's why I think it like we come out swinging in Washington. Reeser, this is the other thing. Reeser better be lit. Reeser, right. there better be fucking people litty lit. Yeah. Like yeah. it has to be lit. Yeah. And let me remind you though, this will be the first home game since all students have moved in the first yep. home game of set. If schools or since uh, class fall started, session. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Granted, I realize I can't say very much because I haven't been to a home game since I was a student. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to this one. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and when you were a student, you spent more time in the parking lot after halftime than you did in the stands. We hedge, but yeah, you also probably spent more time at research stadium than you did in the library. So let's be real. <laughs> I spent more time everywhere else on campus and off campus than at the library. Dude, it was a, it's a really yeah. nice library, man. I know, but I'd walk in the library and I was lost too. Don't think that you were alone with that, Benny. I would walk in and go, <laughs> uh, this place just makes me feel sad. I'm leaving. 
I'm going to yeah, go to class. I never got lost in the library because I never went into the library. <laughs> wow. Uh, someone we've talked about on this podcast a lot already. I just want to talk about briefly because I think we hedged the attitude you were just talking about that just fuck this. We're going screw the pundit, screw the networks, everything. I'm just going to ball. And that is uh, BJ Baylor. You could kind of see just the swagger dripping off of him. And that's where someone I know, like we met, I mentioned this earlier. He had close to probably 80 yards called back on very questionable penalty calls. And he didn't complain. He didn't, you know, hang his head or, you know, whine to the whine to the refs or anything like that, or bitch or moan or anything. He walked back calmly, coolly, casually, and just ran over USC again. And going into this year, we thought of BJ as someone who could be serviceable, but probably wasn't going to put himself on the Oregon State Mount Rushmore of running backs, which granted is a high bar. You know, Simonton, Steven Jackson, Evanson Bernard, Quiz, Jamar Jefferson, lots of great names. He's writing his own chapter right now. I didn't think he was going to be. I thought he was going to be fine. I didn't think he was going to be this good. He's making it known that, yeah, I should have been in the same backfield as Jamar Jefferson last year. I should have been in the same backfield as Artavis Pierce and Ryan Nall before me. I'm just as good as every one of those guys. And I'm going to prove it to you on every fucking run. And I'm going to run over the entire USC defense right now. Call holding ref. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do it again. I was so impressed with him last night. I think it was the most impressed I've been with him that I've ever seen uh, him on the field before. Yeah. Well, you really get to see his running style, right? Like you really got to see it, like not just against like some like lower, lower quality opponents. Like this was like, you know, a, a, a well-established program in USC and our PAC 12 conference. And he still jammed it down their throats. Like he was running. I, I watched the game with friends of the pod, funky Paul Molina and Dr. Ted Zava. And, uh, <laughs> nice. But, Funky Paul Molina brought up uh, a really good point. He said he kind of runs if you blended Storm Woods and Jamar Jefferson. He's got that kind of style where it's like he could break away a little bit, but he's not going to bruise through people. And it was it was very um, after I heard that comparison, it, it was like almost nostalgic to watch him as he mentioned like these guys who are the Mount Rushmores of uh, on the Mount Rushmore of Oregon State's uh, running game and. It, it, it was very reminiscent of that. And I honestly, like, what, what are you going to say? Like, yeah, we were, we were probably wrong. We, we overlooked him. We were looking at guys like Fenwick and Lowe and being like, okay, who's going to be the one that's going to take over, take the, the, the excitement reins of the running game. And it was Baylor the whole time, clearly. Yeah. And before we move on about, about Rushmore, I do want to do a, a quick uh, pour one out for rest in peace. JJ Young. Shit, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. J.J. Young, Beaver legend, yeah. running back. Beaver legend for sure. Yep. So uh, PFF, they, they put out their team of the week um, each week, right? And so number one, shout out to Tyjon Lindsay. Uh, he was receiver he's, number one on their uh, their offensive team of the week. He was awesome last night. He was awesome. He was awesome last night. Is he, on the, is he on the map now? Is Lindsay on the map? I don't know. I mean... I don't know if that puts him on the map or like, I mean, uh, PFF, the last I don't few know, games, like, he's but, been but, like, but, but, like he's dynamic. Been, yeah. 
he's 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 gotten open. He's he's made the plays that he needs to make. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is he has certainly outperformed expectations in in my opinion. Um, but but also looking at the two running backs that were on their list. Uh, they had the running back from SMU and the running back from Texas. BJ Baylor had more yards than both of them. And I think the only reason that they made the team over, over BJ was because they both had touchdowns. Um, and which is sort of BS because like Coletto sort of stole right. and granted like the Coletto package I love, but he sort of stole two touchdowns. BJ had one that was called back. Right. And it what, but it's not just that it's not just the stats. It's like what JP was in, in you, Terry, were talking about and granted, like, you can say a lot with just pictures, but there was a picture from last night of BJ walking off the field and his, his nameplate on the back of his jersey yeah. was ripped off. Right. Yeah. And then there's another one where he's just like shoving a U.S. defender. The U.S. defender is like parallel to the ground. Right. Like, and he's just shoving them. And it's just like, that man's just a beast. And he just pours it all out on the field and just balls. And, and so it's like one of those guys where it's like, he puts up the stats that should get him the notoriety, but he's one of those guys you just want to see succeed so fucking right. bad because he just, he puts it all out there. Um, so he's going to be really fun to watch the rest. He's, of the he's definitely really a, a running yeah. back that you feel good about when you have a double digit leader to multiple possession lead in the fourth quarter. You know, we were, I was nervous as fuck just because I'm sitting here. Like I've seen this movie before. I, I'm not allowed to have nice things. This is going to get taken away from me. But, and there's, I, th I think we, if we wanted, we're not going to get super critical, but there was certain, there was a decision there. Uh, Chance Nolan threw a fourth quarter interception on, you know, Smith decided to be aggressive. And literally before that, I said out loud to no, and I was alone in my apartment and I said, be aggressive, pass for it. And then Chance Nolan threw it in like, What the fuck? Um, but BJ is the type of runner where if you're up 10 to 14 in the fourth quarter and you're just trying to melt the clock, yeah, give it to BJ because he's his ball security is fantastic. He doesn't have super negative plays very often. He's not the type of guy who's, you know, going to try and run 10 yards back to try and get a gain or whatever. He's just going to, you know, pin, pin his ears back and go forward. And he has uh, the ability to break one for a 50 yard touchdown, but will also usually get four or five. So he's definitely his own kind of runner. But yeah, he looked great last night. You guys want to hear sort of a wild stat? Uh, B, BJ uh, is leading the Pac-12 in rushing yards and TDs. And Chance Nolan is leading the Pac-12 in QBR and TDs. Yeah, yeah. We're like, leading the Pac-12 in so many offensive categories. So how the yeah, fuck are yeah. people like Michael Bumpus and Jason Gesser and the other just hacks on Pac-12 Network being like, I don't know. I think I still have the Beavs at fifth in the North. <laughs> yeah. like, we're getting like 500 yards a game and beating <laughs> the shit out of people. We just beat USC in LA. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Chop you. Yeah. We'll chop, chop you. you. <laughs> but, but I think I put a tweet out there. Chop because I was mad about that when I first saw it. how are you gonna put Oregon State as number five? I was like, chop the whole fucking conference. Like prove them all wrong. <laughs> right. Prove them all wrong. Chop, chop them all. Chop them all. Chop them all. Chop them down. And oh, I, I need to give another fan shout out to a Scott Yearlings. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Uh aka Scott's Beaver Dam, uh follower of the pod on Twitter. And uh, has made his own sort of chop them graphics 
with uh, yeah. cut, cut down trees with the logos of our opponents in them and uh, had a, a chopped down tree of uh, USC last night. <laughs> awesome. I, I think I think we retweeted that. We I we need to retweet it again, Scott. You're the best. Uh, appreciate the passion and the creativity and just, you know, the joy and the embracing of Chopham and all things Chopham lifestyle. Once again, you can get those Chopham shirts on belligerentbeeves.com. And I will take this opportunity to remind you that you cannot spell Chopham without hope. And we've got a lot of hope going forward for this uh, football season. And we cannot go any further in this 16th episode of Belligerent Bees without talking about Jack Coletto, guys. The Coletto package, all he does is score touchdowns, pick off passes, wear gloves <laughs> really aggressively, uh, and just bowl over Trojans. It was such a perfect Coletto game. I couldn't believe that Fox Sports 1 didn't. They had this special graphic for Tajon Lindsay every time Tajon Lindsay scored, but they didn't have one for Coletto. And I'm like, you have to know the Coletto package, Fox Sports 1. Did you do any prep yeah. for this at all? Did and, they listen uh, to the pod they, at they, all? They did. No, it's part of the FS2 team that was dealing with the Coletto package. <laughs> Fox, listen to belligerent beeves. We've got you covered with everything you need. Uh, epic, <laughs> epic Coletto game. I feel like this guy's been in college for six years and I want him to be here for six more so that he can <laughs> have more epic showings of two big rushing touchdowns and the game ceiling interception, which is just a hilarious stat to have. <laughs> Jack Coletto, you guys do it all. What'd you think of a uh, big number 12's play last night? <laughs> He he did what he was supposed to do, man. The the interception at the end of the game was was pretty clutch. But um, I, we had sort of two weird anecdotes last night, right? We had our backup QB seal off the game with the game winning interception. We also had our starting QB pin. USC inside the five yard line <laughs> in a amazing Oregon punch. State quarterbacks do it all. They are dynamic. <laughs> Gotta be a 53 yard punt, like pooch 50. punt, even. Yeah. Yeah. But no, man, Coletto, like, what a what a special weapon. And again, like that is Smith taking these players that have special skills and putting them in the right positions to succeed. And and that's it's fucking awesome to watch. You're kind of bending the rules of traditional college football with that, right? Where you're like, yeah, right now, normally you'd have either a, a fast running quarterback or your regular quarterback stand in and try to rush up the middle for a couple yards on the goal line, right? But then you're risking the well being of your starting quarterback, who's clearly not going to be as fit to take a hit as somebody who essentially plays linebacker on the <laughs> yeah. other side of the ball. And let's not forget that Coletta was a backup quarterback. Yeah. He right. came to OSU as a quarterback. So, like, he's got the skill set. And it's like, why would you forget that he had that? And that's why I think a lot of coaches do that. They go, no, you're, you're a linebacker now. Like, like <laughs> give it up. You're not throwing the ball anymore. Mm-hmm. And, that Smith doesn't do that. At least he hasn't with Coletto and he's clearly very much embraced the Coletto package TM. Uh, It's, it's worked to our favor. And the fact that now it's also on both sides of the ball in full display against USC was awesome. We couldn't retweet that fast enough. No, it's kind of cool though. What that USC has, I saw the stat tweeted out last night. It was like 47, four star athletes, uh, four star or higher athletes, and they put Coletto in at the goal line 
and you know what's coming. I know what's coming. USC sure as hell knows what's coming. And they still they just ram it down their throat and, and USC can't do shit about it. He's it, a fucking so monster, though. It's like giving the ball to Yusef Nurkic and just being like, just plow <laughs> through. He's yeah. such a massive, intimidating force. And we also yeah. need to give him some flowers and maybe an apology because we kind of talk about Coletto as automatic two yards at this point in the season. After the two uh, touchdowns he got last night, he now has three touchdowns. He has 11 carries for 33 yards. So he's averaging oh, three yards a carry. There you go. Jack Coletto, automatic three yards, automatic yeah. game ceiling interception. What a fun legend this guy is writing. He's going to be a beloved beaver just forever. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see him as a guy who comes back to games like a lot. And it's it, it'll just be like on the field and the announcer. It's got to be the same play-by-play announcer at research for the last 40 years. Be like, and hey, welcome back, Jack Coletto. And everyone will be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll bring him back. Like somebody tweeted out when they finally finish the uh, West side of research, they're looking forward to the Jack Coletto statue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 I forget who that was. Seen, sorry, sorry, sorry still alive when they finished the West Side, but I'd okay. love to see it. <laughs> we won't, we won't get into that. Um, any other thoughts? Any other uh, signature players you guys want to shout out? I have Rajon right here as a big, uh, big winner yeah. from last night. Same with Avery Roberts; those guys were fantastic. Um, Treshawn Harrison, my guy. The 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 John Dunmore of my heart, Benny Weehage, the transfer wide receiver. I love. Great to see him get a touchdown. He looked great on that play. Love that we gave him the ball in the running game too. Even though he he was holding that ball, uh, like not a loaf super, of bread. Yeah, like Willie Beeman at the beginning of any <laughs> given Sunday. Not late in the movie any given Sunday, but he held on to it. Uh, it looked good. It was great to see him uh, play. JP, how about you though? Uh, who who else um, earned earned some stripes for you in this uh, big win against USC? Uh, yeah, I'm going to shout out Tegan Cotoriano because to open the game, executing sure. that play. I mean, he could have easily dropped that ball. I can't, I mean, he's a tight end. It's not like, I mean, yeah, hopefully his hands are great and clearly he's got some pretty good hands, but like no one's expecting him to catch every single ball, especially one that's wide open where you're, there's no defender within like what felt like miles of you and you're, as you're strutting into the end zone at Memorial Coliseum to open the game. Like that was awesome. And that set the tone, I think for the rest of the game. And I, I, so shout out to Toriano. That was, that was a great way to start the momentum on our side. Yeah. And, but he and Musgrave weren't involved much after that in the passing game, but you, you noticed them in the, in the blocking scheme a lot. Uh, Petros was giving them shout outs almost every other play. Oh yeah. Really, it's great to have, we have a good offensive line. They got dinged for, I think some unnecessary holding plays and maybe it wasn't their cleanest game, but having those two dudes out there as well, they're fucking massive and they can both catch the rock a little bit. They're not (laughs) Antonio Gates or Jimmy Graham looking like guys out there, but it's almost like having, you know, uh, a sixth or seventh offensive lineman on those plays when it's two tight end sets and the defense still needs to respect their receiving game a bit. So it was a great showing for both of them. And it was nice to see Tegan getting the scoring started with a touchdown. Yep, for sure. What about you, Benny? Final takeaways. Uh, Number one, shout out to the Beaver fans for showing up. Um, I thought that uh, hearing the, the OSU chant at the end of the game was pretty cool. Uh, and in contrary, um, USC fans just be 
better. Like support your fucking team <laughs> till the end. That stadium was empty like <laughs> halfway through the third quarter. That's just um, LA, dude. Yeah, that's true. I thought um I don't know if there's a player that that we haven't really talked about that that I thought that really stood out. I I do think that um you know Chance Nolan is he's reminding me of a better version of some of those quarterbacks that we had when we were in school that went on to play in the NFL, like Sean Mannion and Canfield, like, uh, or did Canfield go? He went to the NFL, yeah. didn't he? The yeah. He, played. Yeah, he yeah. was on the Saints for a little bit, yeah. I think. Yeah. But, but bet like he, he might be like one of the best quarterbacks that we've had. And I know that's like saying a lot and that is making a lot of assumptions of what's going to happen later on this season. But like the way that he has played from the second that he was given the ball at halftime of the Purdue game, like, dude, he is balled the fuck out. Yep. And we need to put a moratorium on what would have happened if we started chance against Purdue because it's just making me so it. sad. We, we, I've, I can see, you know, the Beaver fans tweeting about that constantly. We're tweeting about it and texting each other about it constantly being four and zero right now would be so sexy, especially since we're getting votes in the AP poll and the coaches poll now, but we just got to stop thinking about it. It's, it's not yeah, we're three and one. Yeah, we're three and one. We're three, but, but we're undefeated in the pac 12. And I think that like, that's another reason why I'm really excited about this team is like uh, we've talked about on the pa- on the pod like backing the pack is just like that's we're not about that. Ooh, it's never been um, us. Never. No, and, no, exactly. And so like the fact that this is sort of a down year, and um, I don't know how much you guys put into that like ESPN predictor of who's going to win future games, like whatever but like but oregon state is favored to win in that sort of predictor from espn in every single game that they're playing uh until they get to the oregon game um and and so i mean this team could like they could do some really special things um so the fact that the pac-12 is down it it sort of bodes well and like that's only going to help our recruiting um so, and again, no one uh, remembers it's down. Yeah. When you have a 10, 12, whatever win season, like you won double digit games. Yeah. Right. No one remembers that the conference was down. Exactly. No right. Yeah. And I just want to sticking sort of with the defense and how I think all three of us were pretty impressed with the defense last night and just sort of the, the defense over these four games has, I think been better than what people expected. Uh, pitching a shutout, even, you know, the Purdue game was, it was, they're not the 85 bears out there, but they are certainly growing from last year's team and uh, the defense from 2019 as well. Uh, Riley Sharp has been a monster out there and he was fantastic again last night. Uh, So is Andre Hughes Murray dude. Who's been, you know, named a captain, a lot of experience for this team. And uh, also I think I thought Ryan Frankie had another great game last night. I'm not just saying that because we hate you and I met Ryan Frankie's parents at the pregame <laughs> in West Lafayette and they're absolutely lovely. Uh, but Ryan, I thought played, you know, fantastic when he was on the field as well. I know he uh, sustained something of an injury last night. I hope it's not too serious because he's dealt with a lot of injuries already, but those three guys, you know, it's not the type of pass rush that we are dreaming of, but it's been good and it's been effective. And 
I feel like last night when I was texting and in the group chat saying we needed some, we just need Hamaka back. We need some kind of pass rush. We need to just make Slovis uncomfortable as fuck. Then they answered and made Slovis uncomfortable as fuck and made a lot of plays. And those guys have been playing ball. And uh, I think we're going to win, win a lot more games with them playing the way they have been. Can, can I, can I have one more shout out? We haven't talked, well, we have, but in sort of a negative light, um, and I have to say like Alex Austin did have a rough game, but he was asked to cover, uh, who was it? Uh, Landon Drake, London, Drake, Drake, Drake London, Landon, Drake Donovan. London. Landon Donovan. It was weird. Landon Donovan's now six. Foot oh, wow. ten. <laughs> yeah. And way younger. Um, but, uh, but so like Drake, that London. was a really, really tough assignment. Uh, and he had a lot of, um, a lot of place in like the first quarter, specifically really the first half. That's just like a lot of coaches would have pulled him and uh, like being completely transparent, like in our group text, I was saying like, we, we have to get him out of there. We have to have someone better than him, but the coaches stuck with him and he had a significantly better second half. And that is not an easy task to do because when you get burned like that, as many times as he got burned and get called for penalties as many times as he did, like it is so easy to hang your head. And it's just another Testament to like, this team doesn't give up. And even though Alex Austin had a bad game, like he, he stepped it up and like, didn't allow that to, to, uh, continue to digress, um, and, and cost us, uh, more in, in the second half. So huge, huge shout out to him for pulling his shit together in the second half. Right. It has to be such a miserable experience being the person in the secondary who's getting picked on, on every play. Yeah. Where they're just targeting you play after play and, the refs are, it's almost like that scene. And, uh, remember the Titans where Donald Faison goes over to the coach and says, they're calling a holding penalty, me penalty on me every play that it was either a catch and a first down, or they were calling holding or PI on them every yeah. single time. And I, the face mask they called on him when on that play, when London's helmet came off was, was kind of BS. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, he gave up the catch, but that was you know, just sort of, you know, adding insult to injury at that point. And you bring up a really good point. Like he, there were some penalties that were legit and they, they were, yeah, there were. High or they were holding, but there were like, he was getting picked on by both uh, Slovic uh, Slovic, and, yeah. and, and the refs. Like there were some PI calls that were like really, really ticky tacky. And right. yeah. Uh, yeah. Did not think that that they should have been called. And he was out there. It seemed the whole second half and just, wasn't giving things up the same way. Like he really, he really closed it down and uh, got, and like you said, got his shit together. And it wasn't, it almost was like <laughs> the opposite of the first half yeah. where you just didn't see him getting picked on at all in the second half. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move ahead to this weekend and let's uh, make some predictions for uh, this game against Washington at home. You guys are both going to be in the house. We age for the first time since your career as a student, which spanned about 37 and a half years, every, every beaver game ever. Uh, first time in about a decade in, in the Mecca for you. So you're, you're going to be back home. Right. In, uh, the, the, the house that Benny built, uh, what are you thinking for this game against the Washington Huskies. Mm. Well, little known fact, my uh, freshman year was the last time we beat USC at the Coliseum, but um, 
<laughs> I think uh I, I think we win this game and and um I really hope we put it to bed early. I think Washington's offense, um, they they look they looked good against bad teams. Um, and I, there is nothing that they've shown me. And I and I've watched a, a little bit of a couple of their games. So I don't I haven't watched a lot on Washington but their defense does not look like they are primed to be able to stop anything close to the caliber that we showed against USC. So if this is a close game, it is a very high scoring game. I think that Oregon state wins this game. Uh, I'll say uh, 42 to 14. (laughs) There it is. The Benny. (laughs) JP, what do you think? Um, I predicted we'd lose this game in my preseason prediction. And that was also too. after I predicted we, we would lose at SC. Uh, I don't really see a, like a losable game or a non-winnable game. It's probably a better way to put it uh, through the rest of the season on this schedule. Yeah. Including Bama includes, in the national championship. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, and that includes this next Saturday. Um, we are going to beat UW. And we're going to beat them. It's not going to be as close as the score indicates, but I'm just flip-flopping my last prediction of 21-16 Beavs. We will be up. We will be up 21-7 at halftime. And your final is 2016? 21-16. We will be running clock all the second half. They'll get a couple field goals or three field goals, and that'll be it. Okay. I'm I'm probably close to that, JP. I think UW's defense is decent. I don't think their offense is very good, but I think uh, our offense will wear them down as the game goes on. I think we win this game twenty-seven to sixteen, and uh, have a nice little win streak going heading uh, the next week. It's a uh, at Wazoo on the Palouse, we got to get revenge for them fucking up our bowl eligibility hopes in 2019. Uh, and I think we'll be going in with a lot of momentum after a win against you, Dub. And maybe I'm coming for that steak, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me I'm too, only, Joe. I'm only ordering water for drinks. So I'm not paying shit. <laughs> You're gonna pregame yeah, you at home. Tell Joe that we're all part of the bet now too. Yeah, that's it. He'll <laughs> he'll send you like no name stakes through the mail or something like that. <laughs> oh my god. Well, just real quick, um, we did take care of USC on the football field, but we have to say fuck you, USC. Uh, for messing up the uh, perfect record for Oregon State women's soccer team, uh, Coach Nicola's team, uh, taking an L in the first game in non-conference play, but uh, also sent us a nice uh, a nice message before before that game. Uh, so thank you, Coach Nicola, for the support and uh, and bounce back. Got a chance here against the Bay Area schools coming up, and uh, feel feels like feels like two wins and a whole bunch of goals to me. So go Oregon State women's soccer hashtag beef up uh get back in that in that winning column and uh and keep dominating and also we were uh it was great to see on social media for the men's soccer team's latest game against uc santa barbara which was a 1-1 draw uh there was a packed house at paul lorenz field nice. that uh we were uh pointed out to on twitter so good job beaver nation great job beaver yeah. fam. 
keep, keep packing that stadium for, for the soccer teams. They're, they're getting results and playing well. Uh, lo- love to see them uh, extend their seasons far into the postseason this year and make a run at it. So all, all fun in the, uh, the fall sports in Corvallis, Oregon right now. So if you've been out to games for men's or women's soccer, good for you. Uh, text a bunch of friends and bring them to the next one. And uh, yeah, go beeves. One, one last thing. Uh, so uh, JP and I will be wearing our belligerent beeves attire at the game. Uh, I have some uh, booty that I'm being, that I'm looking to spend from winning that. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, from God, it's late right now. And Here's I on Benny. dude, we are so tired. Listeners. I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Listeners. You got that booty. And, and we share that booty. booty, the pirate booty. Uh, that, so I have, a, I have, I'll be, I'll be having a hole burning in my pocket. So if you come up and say, what's up and you're a fan of the pod and all that, um, I'm more than happy to buy you a beer. So please come up, say hi. Uh, we love yeah. talking with you guys. Um, and, and certainly looking forward to being down at Reeser. This I week. learned that booty meant treasure by watching beauty and the beast as a kid towards the end. When Gaston says, take every booty you can find, but the beast is mine. <laughs> <laughs> JP, please sure play, please play five seconds of kill the beast from the Disney classic beauty and the beast. Take whatever booty you can find, but remember the beast is mine. And we are out of here on that note. We all three of us need to go to sleep so fucking badly right now. Thank you for bearing with us, Beaver fam. Your beeves are three and one and 61 years of pain, of torture, of almost, of when will they are finally over. Oregon State football, victorious in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Sorry, not sorry, Snoop Dogg. JP, play five seconds of gin and juice, please. Or don't. I don't give a shit because we beat USC. (laughs) Go beefs. Beef up. Chop them. Can't spell chop them. Without hope. We are three and one and undefeated in Pac-12 play with the Washington Huskies coming to Reeser on Saturday. Your belligerent hosts... The two handsomest belligerent hosts, J.P. Bertram and Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage, will be in attendance. Benny owes all of you a beer. I don't think Benny did the math on how many stadium beers $100 actually buys. (laughs) (laughs) First five people that come up and say hi. (laughs) Nope, you can't take it back. (laughs) Anyone in a belligerent beef shirt at the the Washington game owes you a beer listener. Thank you so much. Uh, It's belligerentbeeves.com for merch, chopping shirts enamel mugs and all of your other needs at belige beeves on twitter at belligerent beeves on instagram i'm terry horseman with my favorite oregon state alum and friends jp bertram and benny Weehage. thank you again for spending time with us for supporting the pod and for believing in the beeves chop them chop them chop them can't spell it without hope baby (laughs) 